Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot CEO. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. Guys, we're back. Before we do anything, I, I just want to play a quick bit of audio for you guys from, from our, uh, our YouTube channel. Just a quick second here. Um, oh. <laughs> just, ladies and gentlemen, um, can, can you hear that? No. No, we cannot. You can't? Ooh, hold on a minute. Okay. Is this still why you brought me on? Is it so last second? No, still, no, hold on, still, hold on. Still can't hear it. God uh, dang it. Anyway, I was, to the episode. I was trying to get audio up of Mike's prediction for the Habs and Leafs, <laughs> a.k.a. the one guy. Yeah, so can we get a 20-second video since two minutes? I believe one of the words you, you used to describe the Leafs words were an absolute wagon. I believe you said Leafs in five. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show, Mike. So that's why hey, you want me on. Hey, why you yeah, want pretty much. No, no. We just, there's some Leafs news today, and uh, we thought you'd be free. I just, after I had asked the guys, like, do we want to have Mike on? I just had a flash of brilliance. Like I have to play his prediction. Don't worry. Whenever we have Christophilus and the others on, they're all going to pay their dues. <laughs> Who did Chase say? Chase also said yeah. the Leafs. He okay. said Caulfield would have some good games, which he did, but mm-hmm. it was only mm-hmm. the only ones who said Montreal were Will and Lara. So. They were acknowledged already on the yeah, Twitter. They're, Cause they're great people. Anyway, how are you, Mike? I'm just chilling, man. How are you boys? I think we're fine. We're enjoying hockey. Different background, start. Mike. I just realized you have. Yeah, I'm in my parents' office. I, I told them I'm taking over their office because I wanted to seem. I'm not actually a Giants fan up or evidently a Leafs fan. <laughs> You're a Sens fan, yeah. Oh. No. Oh, he's a Rangers fan. Sens, Rangers, Golden Knights, Sabres, Bruins. Everyone but New Jersey. And the Islanders, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So ever play whoever is winning the game, Mike's hopping on that thing. <laughs> I might anyway. be a lightning fan soon. He's uh, been the longest lightning fan I know. So, Mike, I think before we get going here, we'll 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 start the show talking about the Hab series right now. But I think we do have to ask though, what are your thoughts on how that Leaf series went in their heartbreaking game seven loss to the Montreal Canadiens? After I will remind you, it was three one. Um, it took me a while to come to terms with it. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I had a pretty good podcast episode about it myself. Um, I swore a bit, got a little angry. Um, yelled at a couple players, you know, did my whining and crying. Um, before you guys brought me on, I actually told myself I wasn't going to talk about them for oh. two months unless anything newsworthy happened. But um, apparently newsworthy stuff happened that I was invited on. So um, yes, I will talk about news. I will not. Uh, I 
But other than that, like outside of this, that's it. Two more months of of no, of no. I hate the Leafs right now. Just, and it's not, it's not, it's not me. It's them. Alex you know when you get broken up and they're like, it's not you, it's me. No, 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 it's them, not me. Yeah. In two months, Alex, let's just get that bookmarked on the calendar. Eh? What's today's right. date? What's today's mm-hmm. date? Yeah. August, uh, August sixteenth. No more right. oh, okay. Yes, maybe, maybe, maybe training camp. Maybe. Maybe training. Maybe camp. training camp. Okay, that's like what three months. Yeah, so what, what is it normally like mid-September around yeah. there? Uh, anyway, guys, we'll get into it here. The third round, it's going. It's fun. Well, some people would beg to differ. Anyway, though, we've we've enjoyed it. Uh, starting in, I almost called it the Western because it's not the Western Conference even. Uh, it is the underdog versus, I don't know if I've ever seen a series with odds so slanted one way, but Vegas take game one over Montreal. And I think my first thought watching was, oh boy, the Habs have no answer to this Vegas defense, and you can tell just how badly they're missing Jeff Petrie already. Definitely. Um, it, also, the Shea Weber injury as well. He was pretty shaken up with that left hand. He's been – yes, I don't remember the last time Shea Weber played with one good hand. It's been so long now. It, it seems like the uh, theory about the North Division might be true. Like, oh, it's been one game. Adam, is, I, even I want- like even if it was Toronto, like it's like watching Tampa, New York, and Vegas play is just a completely different ball game. Adam, there was no defense whatsoever in the North Division. There was not. No, there was none. Before we move forward, is Shea Weber Jamie Lannister? Um. Well, no, I think no, because Shea Weber's always been kind of humble. Jamie Lannister had to take a. Had to take some licks first, you know. The okay. redemption, the redemption story started once he lost his hand. Shea Weber has already been on this journey. Well, it is kind of funny that the first time he's ever in the third round is with one hand. You can throw Petrie in there. Did you guys see the video of of Mark Bergevin making sure that the camera slot yeah. on the on, on so the, the glass, the hole? He was plugging the hole. It was like two minutes too. Like he plays with it in out in out, calls someone and goes back to it. I don't know what he was doing there. Another player, I don't know what he was quite doing, is that episode where I was like, you know who should probably get some Cod Smythe consideration? Ben Chirot. That's gone down the drain very quickly. <laughs> okay. we need to it's like your Nathan McKinnon argument about being the best player. Well, no, remember I was mocking Mark Stone, hoping that the jinx would go the <laughs> oh, other yeah. way. Oh, yeah, he's the best player in the world. We yeah. should really stop complimenting players on this show. Like, it's just gone downhill. <laughs> well, he- we're going to have to call him that Shea Theodore, though. That yeah. fake, holy, I think that nah, may have been. Was... Do you remember a couple of years ago when Ovechkin had that? He was wide open for a one-timer. I think they were on odd man rush. He fakes it and gives a pass to Orlov, I think it was. And it was just, it was one of the most beautiful fakes I've ever seen. Like, I saw people trying to blame Price on that one, but it's like Shea Theodore, who already scored, is wide open in the slot. Everyone thought he was going to shoot that puck. Like my lord, like that was the dirty, dirty goal. I was that was I wasn't even mad about that. It was so just so filthy. That Vegas defense is just nuts. Oh man. Just everyone was firing all cylinders. And it's interesting too, because like this playoffs has really seen um I mean they brought in Alex Petrangelo to be their big boy, their big man on D. I mean, you have Shea Theodore, but Petrangelo is a number one D man. And he didn't have the greatest regular season. 
including getting embarrassed by McKinnon in the uh, in the outdoor game. Yes. But this playoffs, he's looked just revolutionary. He's looked like he woke up. It's that's been that was the big difference maker in the game last night. It was the Vegas defense. I mean, how often is Nick Holding going to get you a goal? But I remember back in when they first signed Petrangelo, we talked about man, Petrangelo and Theodore are just like you got those two options. And then you forget like McNabb is just a puck eater the way he just soaks up every shot going his way. He's a gamer, like you remember the like he was like that big identity back in his LA Kings days, and he just fits right in with Vegas too. It's disgusting. And then it's just like, oh God. And then there's Mark Stone just being a complete force. Flurry. Honestly, I think the first period, I thought Montreal were just completely buzzing. I don't think they missed a step from their time off. But Mark Andre Flurry was just he's such a fun goaltender because he's just like a fish. Don't I really enjoyed it. watching the, uh, the the duel of the duel of fades, the duel of the goalies series here. It's been uh, it's been really nice. I mean, especially because Montreal, like they just started off so dominant that first what 10, 11 minutes before um, before she, the icing think, broke yeah. through. Yeah, yeah, they just looked like a monster before, like like you uh, like you texted before that goal where Gustafson screen price a little too much, and there there you go. Momentum zapped. That's what it was. It was like either Sherratt screen price, the bad icing, which I think came from Sherratt, Gustafson getting in the way. Like every single goal against Carey was just like, what is he supposed to do? And like, like that glove save he made on Mark Stone, you're like, holy, like gross. It it gives you those flashbacks of like, man, just get him some goal support. I was so nervous the entire first period because I'm just like, anytime Vegas went on the rush, I'm like, no one make any contact. We've been here before, like watching uh, game two of, of the Islanders and Tampa. When Braden Point was pushed into Varlamov, I was like, I know how you feel, guys. Lord, I hope he's okay. Oh, anyway, though, um, last note we can talk about on Montreal. I want to mention here is um, how far do you guys, I'll ask Daniel here first. We don't know exactly who is in when it comes to Jeff Petrie and what's going on with Jake Evans. Uh, Dom Ducharme saying that's a game time decision. How far do you see the series actually going if Montreal can't get their premier defenseman back here? Ooh, um, <clears throat> I don't know. It's it's weird because we we never know how to say like we can't doubt them or anything, and you know it is only game one, but. If I'm going to look at that as a, a primary thing, I'll say six games right now. Um, I think Montreal right. can do what it can to, if they get healthy, if they get consistent, and they put up a fight that they play their game. Let, let's say they don't have Petrie, though. Let's say like, Petrie. Jeff Petrie is not back until, let's say, like it's a projected game five. How do Montreal fare there? Because, again, that's the whole argument is you look at Vegas' defenseman, how they can help in the, in the play. The only guy who can really do that for Montreal right now is Jeff Petrie. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. Is I'm like, still going to stay with six games. I think that Montreal's going to recoup from uh, what game one looked like, and they're they're, they're going to break out a bit. They're going to play their game, and we'll just see how that goes. But uh, six games, but I'm I don't know. I've doubted Montreal too much in these playoffs that I I don't trust my predictions anymore. Alex, then Mike. I, I said six games last episode. I'm still going to go with six games. Like I just believe that Carey Price can literally steal you a game or two if he wanted and i think he's gonna do that this series 
Mike? I think six. I think it's um like I keep saying it's a duel the duel the goalies um between these two guys who are just absolute monsters. But at the same time, um Montreal is Montreal's Montreal's always been playing kind of with a chip on their shoulder their entire playoff run here. But this is like a whole new level of it. Like before it was like, okay, we're playing the top of our weak division. Then it's we're playing the Jets and destroyed them. But this one is like, wow, this is like a machine. Like this is Vegas. These guys beat Colorado of all teams. The Leafs didn't beat anyone. Winnipeg, they beat McDavid. Yeah. But like this is like, wow, like they beat Colorado. This is the team of destiny. So if anything, I think watching Montreal play with a whole new kind of energy, especially because like we're seeing Josh Anderson play with so much more speed and intensity than I think I saw him in all the Winnipeg series because they kind of just cruise past them. Something I haven't seen in a while. It just this this whole team just looks so much more elevated to push for a victory. So I'll still hand it to Vegas, but it's not something they're just gonna go out and get. They're gonna have to earn it really hard, I think. So I'll give Montreal props despite the fact that I'm not gonna support them as Canada's team. No offense. Yeah, no, no one likes that take. No one, no, it's the worst thing in sport, especially, and it feels like it only happens in hockey. Um, yeah, we we, so uh, we used the sense argument, remember? Yeah, no. I'm, I'm pretty sure all of us went for the Ducks in 2007. I, I just want to point out that this is purely a Canadian thing. Uh, <laughs> this happens in no other country around the world. Like, if this were to happen, and like, I... I told Mike last night, I said, if they did some, if they lit up like Parliament Hill in Leafs colors, I would be offended on behalf of Senators fans. Because mm-hmm. like, that's just did like, no, like you don't do, do this. I don't care if it's federal property or not. It is in, it is in Ottawa. Like it, it has regardless to do with team, man. It's just, it's ha- if this were to happen in European soccer, it would be a bloodbath. It would be if if you were to put a comparison to it, just to make just to make it evident how dumb of a take it is. That would be like if you're rooting for, let's say, Champions League, Barca and Madrid are in Champions League, and one of those two are knocked out. You're gonna tell me that Barca is gonna root for Madrid, or Madrid is gonna root for Barca, just because they're Spain's team? Absolutely not. That would that would cause riots. I will say this though. Being a Habs fan, it is really funny seeing everyone get so mad about it. About like the CN Tower in Niagara Falls. I love it though. <laughs> it's um, like they took the capital. Sure. You know what I mean? Like not the capital itself. But I'm like, it's like they they, they went in and invaded Toronto. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I will say this. I wasn't surprised Montreal lost game one, by the way. I want to make that very clear. Um, anyway, um, and I still think they're going to win. It's not going to Adam. Um Sure. Before you do, though, I want to say one thing because I know I'm going to forget about it. Shout out to Cole Caulfield and his family getting to see the goal because think about everything he's done this year, World Juniors and that. Great year in college. And now, obviously, in Wisconsin, his brother played with him, but his parents and that didn't get to see any of his big games until game one. I thought that was wicked. Really happy for him. You love those scenes that we've really missed about fans in the stands. Go ahead, Uh, Mike. Yes, uh, good old Brock Caulfield. Um, um, if Petrie does draw into the lineup, that means probably you're taking out either Kulak, Gustafson, or Romanov. Mm-hmm. Who are you taking out? Kulak. 
Gustafson, rough on the screen, yeah, but he's, I think, in the back half of that Jets series and towards the end of the Leafs one, I thought he really picked his game up. Uh, and like the power play is, is undeniably has been a lot better since he got in. That's, that's probably the only other defenseman. And you got to think if Petrie comes in, he is playing with dislocated fingers. He may be able to carry the puck, but he's not going to be able to shoot. Um, you're not going to take out Romanov like that hit on Petrangelo just, and he was making the smart plays. He wasn't nervous. So I'm Kulak has just been a bit to man, like what else does he bring that the others do? Like, I don't think he's, he has a unique enough skill set. And plus his inconsistencies are just at this point, like you got to go with your best players at this point. I, I, I see that's Kulak I coming out. One thing is Petrie is just an all around, like he's been perhaps his offensive dynamo on the backhand, yeah. but like you see Gustafson, he's got his, the ability to run a power play. You see um, Romanov who's brought physicality and like energy really mm-hmm. kind of type player. Kulak is just kind of more of an, to me, I feel like just an all-around solid player. So he doesn't yeah. bring anything specific to the table, whether it's offense or defense. So I think, yeah, I, I would agree with you on that one for sure. And I love I love you, Kool-Aid. You know I do. Uh, moving on to the Islanders in Tampa Bay, though. Game one was very much a Tampa weren't horrible, Boring. but the way – <laughs> But <laughs> John Cooper said it was a lot of – there were some mental mistakes. And um, – a notification from The Athletic popped up here, and it was, quote, a total team effort, five reasons Tampa Bay, even the semifinal series with the Tampa Bay, um, with the Islanders. First off, though, I think we need to talk about, in the notes I have, sacre bleu, that goaltending interference call on Brayton Point. Because it was, I think it was Pellick was the defenseman who hit him in. How in the world did Point get a penalty for that? Brutal. Like, I don't even know. How do you watch that and say, yep, points fault? They said it was like, apparently he, he had cross-checked Varlamov. He what? was trying to all momentum when Adam Pellick hit him. Exactly. Like, I mean, what is he supposed to do? Lean in with his shoulder and just full-on body check him instead? Like, he's trying to break it. He's trying to break the impact there. That was one of the dumbest calls that I've seen in the playoffs in a very long time. It's also not very good that the two games into a third round matchup that the uh, the refs seem to be the biggest talking point because we had another controversial show. That, by the way, it was hilarious that the Islanders scored on that that then that power play. I couldn't stop laughing, but it didn't matter because Tampa took control. Um, though, also the Tampa goal was seven skaters on the ice. Yeah. <laughs> And Bear, did you guys see on Sportsnet? Naturally, they they had the, the the clip of it, right? And it was like Barry Trotz frustrated. They changed the thumbnail three times on it. The first one was just Barry. Then it was like they they kept one was like they showed all seven skaters and circled them. Like they just tried to make it all cartoonish. Then they changed it again to have the video coach or one of the assistants holding up the iPad. Man, the New the New York Saints, as they're called, are not happy with this. But just what a I don't I think it's it's been a fun series. Um, regardless, again, others have different opinions, but also credits to the Islanders. We should also mention in game one, limiting Tampa to zero rust chances in a game. So again, big turnaround from game one last year when they got pelted eight to two, we mentioned last show. It's a tight series, guys. It's a what, tight series. What did Alex say? Um, I forgot what you said about Tampa, but would you, you call the Islanders the immovable object? I, 
the saying was like the the um the even movable object versus the think i'll find the exact saying of it hold on okay no i was taught like I remember, I, oh yeah go ahead mike no no i insist sash i i i was talking to you last night right and like even new york in terms of goal scoring like they've scored quite a few goals. Like they're not all one or two goal games as, as this theory out there is like they've, they've put up goals. What they do really well is stop people from taking high danger, high danger shots. Like that's what's happening here. It's not, Oh, they only score one goal and just completely stop until, you know, Tampa Bay may score a goal or two. Like it's just, I think this idea, like they play really good shutdown defense and then it's like, well, they can score if they wanted to. Like Kyle Palmieri didn't necessarily work in the regular season, but he has looked phenomenal <laughs> in the, in the postseason. By the way, Daniel, it is the unstoppable force meets the immovable. Object, there you go. Thank you. And then, I think a big thing that we saw too um, with this incredibly boring series is that the Isles, um, not the Isles, sorry, Tampa, if you look at their series against Carolina, Carolina was a formidable team. There's a, there's a reason Rod the Bod is a finalist for the Adams this year. Um, and that's because Tampa narrowed it, narrowed, it so, narrowed it down so hard that they were able to, like, they only led, I think, 21 minutes, or sorry, they only trailed 21 minutes total in that series to Carolina. And then in the first game alone against New York, they, I think they trailed 23 minutes was the stat. I, I know. Wow. How, how prepared am I? But despite that, I mean, it just goes to show you, yes, I get it. There's an argument. You haven't played this team all year. Um, you're getting used to, but that's, that, that shouldn't be an excuse, right? It's still like, but th- like it still goes to show you that New York is, they're here to play. They're not here. They're like, they're in this for real. They're in this to win this. And they're trying to destroy that narrative of, oh, we're only going to win. by it. We're, we're going to score a goal to start off a very lucky goal, and then we're just going to shut them down the rest of the game. So, See, I don't know how valid of an excuse that is um, because they've, they played last year, right? They've also played in the regular season, not necessarily this year, but last year. How I'm much not giving have- anyone no, no, I'm just saying people like people using the excuse of uh, oh, yeah. of Tampa Bay or the, them not playing in the regular season. I would argue that the way Tampa Bay play and the their actual players haven't really changed from last year. And I think for the most part, what the Islanders have, with the exception of a couple players, is also the same. <laughs> like, yeah, you add Zajac and you add Palmieri, but for the most part, that lineup is those two lineups are very similar. So to say they and yeah. they play very similar style, they they play similar styles to what they played last year. So still I don't the know same how, coach, they're still having right. the same game plans. Like, I'm not entirely sure where that are how where that argument comes into place. I think it's people just think they're boring. And honestly, like they, 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 the way they play is something that I guess you think about Tampa and like the way, like everything is just set up where they have those fun plays where they, they're just so fast with everything. And I think with the Islanders, just when we mentioned that system, when they don't 
have like that star guy other than Matt Barzell, who has proven us wrong as well with his skilled plays and everything where, you know, they're, he's still going for it. Um, it's just something with the Islanders. I don't know. It's just, I don't know why I, I've doubted them, even though they've also, what you've said, been here. They, they've been here before. They've shown that they have the ability to get there. And again, like what I said before, Barry Trotz, he was my pick for the Olympic team. And it's because of this. Just by the way, looking at Tampa's playoff record, I don't think they've lost two straight games all playoffs. Wow. Just mention that. Oh, and by God. the way, how Braden Point continues to be a madman. Talking about excuses, by the way. People are still not quite over this Tampa Bay cap situation. Now, I just want to make a little point here before I throw it over to Alex. Um First off, Julian Breezeball is a G. I think we said the other episode, just you see, he should every year win GM of the year, especially this season after what he did at the deadline, like Savard for like a million dollars. Ridiculous stuff. So can we think back to last year? So what was the Toronto we're at? 95 million or, or um, like yeah, a $95 million cap it? So they, they did that. Without losing a single technical roster player, I believe. So that would have been the Nathan Horton contract, which they had because Columbus didn't insure the contract. Yeah. So their incompetence and David Clarkson, Clarkson. which was hilarious. Um, Tampa Bay, they took advantage of it. And not to mention, they used most of that room to re-sign their own players beside the Savard stuff. But again, none of that went to bring in external help. That was mostly interior players and they then missed the former 120 point heart trophy player for the entirety of the year and we're still using this as an excuse like shut like can we stop it with can we put to bed and i don't think dougie hamilton was exactly complaining about it. i think he was more no, be no. like we lost this but people that just keep using this narrative alex it's just it's hair pullingly frustrating it is extreme. like we don't want to have nikita kucherov we wanted to end in third Like I, I think people are looking at it the wrong way, and that the the lightning are are somehow going around the cap. When in reality, it's the league has the worst cap system in history. Yeah, like I think most people would agree with that statement, right? Like, would the three, the four of us, be in agreement that this NHL salary cap system absolutely sucks? And again, it, it's not like they're the first team to do it. We've mentioned the other uh, example, 2013, where was it the Blackhawks get Kimo Timonen at the deadline, but Patrick Kane's technically injured until the beginning of the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. This has been going on for a while. Tampa just mastered it. Yeah. Like, think about it like this. Why would the league, who loves parody and loves forcing everyone being on an equal field down our throat like they literally like go back how many times and we can talk about it why would they let tampa bay say yeah warp our player actually isn't injured but we're going to keep him on ltir like this is the nhl we're talking about the quote-unquote most even league ever and this, do you think they're just going to let this happen? Like, I just, I can't see this argument. I, I really can't. By the way, I'm counting it. I think it's a rough quick count. 12 teams this year did not use LTIR out of 31. So everyone else did. 
It's just Tampa were, and at the same time, Tampa using this system was smarter than your GM. Don't, yeah. what's the famous saying? Don't hate the player, hate the game. Like, remember in the summer after the they did the CBA thing and they wouldn't let Toronto pay for the extra training? Yes. And then, and then it was like, why? Because Arizona and the Florida Panthers can't afford to do this? Like, there's I mean, five. You need to tell me my prospects can't work out here in the summer oh. because other teams can't because they can't afford it. That's because the just, Arizona Coyotes yeah. can't find a stable owner. They're and too they busy doing it when they're interviewing their prospects. Yeah, literally. literally. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's infuriating. Well, that's... I'll tell you guys a funny thing before we get on to the next one, if you sure. want. Ryan Whitney goes and tweets, if I'm Barry Trotz, I would have refused the power play. He knows deep down that goal shouldn't count. Character is what you do when no one is watching. <laughs> I was crying with laughter. The be- And the best was, it wasn't even that. It was the responses. If I was John Cooper, I wouldn't play Nikita Kucherov. He knows deep down that he shouldn't play a player who's $18 million <laughs> over the cap. Character is what you do when no one is watching. <laughs> Love it. Just, uh... And and they're doing this without Minnesota legend Marion Gabryk. I oh, whenever I hear that he's under contract, there you're just like, what's going on here? (laughs) Tampa Bay have an underratedly funny, uh, like cat friendly page. Because then you're like, oh yeah, the um, the Vinny Lac. Why can't I say the Vincent Lacavale stuff? Like the buyout there. It's almost like when you go to the Rangers and it's like, God, why do like when the Rangers have like five buy? Like what's going on here? Speaking of the Rangers, I didn't even mean to do that. They have hired Gerard Gallant. Finally. Mr. Some, it's like you're like a baseball player. Every inning, there is a different thing going on. Right now, it's the bottom of the seventh. You've got your Rangers sweater on. If I was clever, I could make a Jays bullpen joke, but I'm not going to do it. Okay, okay. We're going to clarify this. Yes. Okay, Okay, please. Thank God. I'm purely joking when it comes to be being like a Sabres fan or something like, or a Sens fan or all. You know are this. You are you though? Yeah, but I am. Man. Get, out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> we can't ruin the veil of the bit. We can't kill the bit. Yeah. I am going to kill the bit because people are going to think I'm a bandwagoner. I don't want people oh, to think wow. I'm a bandwagoner. We can't stop people from knowing the truth, Mike. That's just anyway, journalistic. My first team, I, the first, <laughs> first team I was raised watching was the New York Rangers. So as you say that with the Leafs thing in your background. <laughs> He's been a New York boy forever. The Jets thing's there. I'll anyway. Tell them, no, or the Giants. I'll, I'll, I'll tell them to get rid of this in the office. Get okay. When my parents get home, just, just get rid of it, please. Mm-hmm. Gerard Gallant, though. Decent coach. Yeah. It's it's amazing that he was off the market for so long, to be honest. I know. That's just such a hype signing. And I think it's just – it's so funny how it comes full circle because I know back when Quinn was hired – uh, they were talking. Uh, I'm trying to think about the story in my head. There was a sorry, yeah. David Quinn was talking about the type of team he wanted to build when he was first hired in 2018. He was talking about the kind of roster, the kind of team that he wanted to build, and he pointed 
to the Vegas Golden Knights, the expansion team, the Golden Misfits that came out of nowhere, made an unprecedented uh, run to the Stanley Cup final as an expansion team. And that is what uh, that is what David Quinn said, basically, just as he was hired in the summer of 2018. Um, that he wanted to model his team after that. That the that's the kind of character he wanted to model. And now three years later, um, the coach replacing him is the coach that gave that Vegas Golden Knights team an identity. Arguably, obviously, you had the pieces there, but you need the coach there. And that was Gerard Gallant. And now it comes. I just it feels to me like full circle that now he is the coach of the the New York Rangers and um I'm just stoked to see it really it's the circle of life yes if i remember seeing a tweet properly he didn't even talk to buffalo right <laughs> no he did not <laughs> or, or new jersey i think last year right last off season before they hired lindy ruff yeah and there was no one wants to talk to new jersey hmm we, Alex, you know this. We don't. We, I don't like New Jersey. Yeah, I don't. I'm just saying. We love New Jersey and Buffalo. Yeah. Whenever it's like, yeah, head coach Lindy Ruff, you're like, why? This isn't like 2000. Whatever. New, we're, we're really, really weird team. We'll get to them in a second because they are. There is Buffalo connections there, but damn it, the transition was so good, but we can't go there yet. It's weird that. After everything, again, that he did in Carolina, never forget the... No, it was Florida, sorry. But it was I think it was in Carolina he got fired and yeah, had to take the cap. Toxic. Yes. What was so, so weird. If only he had goaltending in Florida, he probably would have still... But he would have been in Quinville shoes. Not just what he did in Vegas, but it was coming back from the world championships that really rose his stock not taking William Carlson to a 40-goal scorer in that defensive core that had, like, Lucas Spiza <laughs> to the Stanley Cup final. It was the World Championships with Nick Paul and Connor Brown. And, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was a firing that I'm sure the four of us can say we were pretty confused about. Yeah. Right? Like, it came out of left field. Like, Vegas, I remember watching – like, I remember hearing about it, and I was like, what? Gerard Gallant is not the problem. Obviously, I advanced stats are hit and miss with people. People either follow them, but like you know, the stats were there to prove that a lot of it was just puck luck, unfortunate bounces. They were they were going to rebound and start playing like they would. That's, but I mean, you could take that with a grain of salt because that's what was supposed to happen with a certain team in the playoffs this year. For their stars, but it didn't happen. That's but I digress. Sense. That's what happened with the with, me. with the with the with the night. So I was very, I was I was like, whoa, right? I'm sure you guys were like surprised by that firing as well. Mm-hmm. For me, what I kind of felt was what Vegas kind of knew that they wanted, and like how short of like a stick he had yeah. with them. Like to the extent that they went on that weird slump, and then it's like you're out and. That still really confused me. That's, again, it's a four-year-old franchise, and like the amount of success they have, I understand. But it just again with Gerard Gallant, where he really did help that system. Like he helped build that system. No, I I think you're right. You're spot on. Like it felt like they all they wanted was Pete DeBoer, and they were kind of just searching for a reason to let go of Gerard Gallant. It's I know like how Bowman was. He he wanted to fire Quinville. 
but they were just so good that he couldn't. <laughs> and so, and the big thing, you remember, it's, you talk about stats, Mike. If you look back, the number one reason he was fired is because Marc-Andre Fleury turned into like a rutabaga for a few games and his save percentage just dropped. Really bad for a while. I do remember that. It was a shell of his usual self. Can I tell you a funny story about coaches getting fired that were really good? Sure. So when Claude Julien was the coach of the New Jersey Devils, he he clinched the division for them, right? Yeah. And like two days before the start of the playoffs, Lula Morello fired him. And he assumed coaching duties because he said that he didn't prepare them for the playoffs. You know what's really funny? Is you talk about clinching and division stuff. When he was hired in Montreal, they were first in the division and they won the division under Tarion. Was really, really man, that whole carousel. Julian's had a really weird career. I wonder where he, he ends up, by the way. That because would be he doesn't call his lines. That's why everyone is always firing I him. I still can't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> now it makes sense why there are so many games where you're like, oh, why is KK playing 11 minutes? I was too busy watching Phil Deneau play. God damn it. Claude Julian. What a weird guy. That was um, one of the most interesting things I've ever heard. All those interviews are like, yeah, he doesn't call lines. You kind of just got to like do it on your own or like beg him to tell you to go out at some point. So New Jersey here, a little quick fire because somehow the, the silly season reports are already starting to come out about big moves possibly on the horizon. Um, we'll talk about Dougie Hamilton a little bit here. Hyman, Spets, every side of Toronto, Eichel, um, all that stuff. But first, to get out of the way, because I'm very confused about this. And when Rachel Dory was talking about it, who used to work for the Devils, that's when you kind of think, okay, so this is kind of legit. Apparently, the Devils are interested in Rasmus Ristolainen. Now, the way that they've been going the past couple of years, I felt like they were going in, the, in a very much an analytical sense. That was my understanding. And the reason I mentioned, there's nothing wrong with analytics. Like, there's, there's not. It's, it's every team has, a, has an analytical department now. Like, it's, it's the norm. I think except Edmonton, they just have one guy. Yeah, it's just the one. Fella. I think the Ducks have two have two guys. Yeah, and look at where both those teams are. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so but then when you look at Rasmus Linen, who I think if you look at any hero chart, the or any war chart, the only stat that is in blue for him is his goals per sixty. He's not like a defenseman bait. Like playing it forward, I am baffled by this, especially going into the expansion draft where like. P.K. Subban's already starting to do work for ESPN, so how much longer is he going to be around playing after his contract's up next year? Apparently, they like Ryan Murray. Butcher's a good player. Severson's another good player, and they were talk- apparently people were talking about trading him. I know on this podcast, Mike and Alex have had some back and forth about Damon Severson before, but Rasmus Ristolainen? Like, we all want him to get traded because Buffalo, but and maybe there's some Buffalo effect to him or there has been his entire career because it's always kind of been bad, but why? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no. I want to play four forwards. Sounds like it. Like they must see something that we are completely missing. Stats uh, not available to the public. What I kind of feel the way he plays. And I think at this point too, with PK's career, it's like, it's like PK Subban light to me. In I mean, way. PK, like, listen, I know he talk about reasons to trade someone. They were waiting for a bad PK turnover to trade them back in like 2016. Uh-huh. But like, PK's not that bad defensively. He, he was not great, 
lot of turnovers, but he's not that bad. I know, I know. I'm just saying, like, it's it is the kind of thing where you bring in a guy where he has kind of the same type of play, but like to a much lesser extent. So for me, that still baffles me. He's going to play the right side. So I think like that's where like half his value for Rasmus Ristolainen already is. It's a weird sport. Mike, do you want to rip New Jersey for this decision or this this possible this target that they seem to have? I think they suck. Straight up, they just suck. I I don't know. Like I think it'd be a weird trade. Like you mentioned it right there. I mean, the only way I really see them getting him is if they're replacing if is if they're replacing PK. But other than that, I just I don't see any reason. Um, I know the hockey writers recently put up an article saying that they think that New Jersey should go after Reinhardt. Um, Griffin? And if we're talking about Buffalo and New Jersey, but. Oh, yeah. Because hey, I'm thinking of right hand shot defense. <laughs> Listen. I know, but good. like. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know. That, that catches me by surprise. I wouldn't. Plus, New Jersey, they have a couple other issues to, to shore up, like, you know, maybe getting some forwards. Maybe or getting some goals. Forwards over the age of 26, because the, the oldest forward they have on their main roster, 26 years old, is Andreas Janssen. Like, what? Like, you need some experience. This isn't NHL 21. You can't just ice a bunch of rookies. I mean, that means they have plenty of young forwards to trade to maybe make the trade possible, but... I, weird players, weird players. So before we get to Dougie, before we get to Jack Geico, we might as well talk about this news now. Uh, James Myrtle, I think, kind of broke Leafs Twitter today when he – great article, always from James. Um, Myrtle, this appears to be the end of Zach Hyman as a Toronto Maple Leaf. I'll just read you a quick snippet from his article. Um Whatever the path, it felt like there was going to be a way to get things done. Unrestricted free agency opens six weeks from today across the NHL. There remains time for the above to be true and for two sides to meet and work something out. But the more I've talked to people around the team, that being the Leafs, in the weeks, oh, maybe I haven't finished the sentence and they'll mention the Leafs. Uh, since the Leafs season ended in ugly fashion, the less that feels like that's where we're heading. And this is all in reference to Zach Hyman. In fact, it feels downright unlikely anything is going to get done. Multiple sources say they don't believe any talks of substance have ha- had happened. Going back months, no progress was made on extension talk at any point, really. Going back to when Hyman first became eligible for a new deal last year. And this is a really interesting part, and I think... Hearing these numbers, I'm not surprised if maybe this goes out the Leafs um, Leafs, uh, range. Other teams and agents around the league believe Hyman can now command close to $6 million a season on a long-term deal. An unthinkable sum only a year or two ago. Now, throughout the article, he talks about the Joss Anderson um, deal being a reference there, and that's 5.5, I want to say that's six or seven years. Um, I, I feel like... I'm looking at the look of Mike's face right now. So I'll throw it to here to you first, Mike. Hearing the possibility of Zach Hyman, and there's still time for a deal to be worked out, but based on that article, it's not looking good that probably one of the most important forwards on the Leafs team looks to be leaving. Hey, man. I mean, if CJ reports it, that never sounds good, especially if Myrtle's writing about it, then oof. Um, oof. 
Good double down. I know, like, uh, it sucks, but the reality is, yes, he scored at a really good rate, and he did. He took a huge step forward this year compared to what I expected and whatnot. That he, he rightfully so has earned himself a payday, but the reality is the Leafs can't afford six by six. Or, they, like, honestly, when I first thought about why, like, a year ago about how – other teams would beat out um, the Leafs in, in signing Hyman. I really thought it was like for the longest time, I thought it was going to be about term. Like you, Same. you're not going to sign him to a six, seven year contract. And so that's where I thought they were going to get lost. But now to show you that he's been so well now that people at 29 years old are willing to sign him for that much te- for like that tenure for like, five six million dollars that's absurd and you know it sucks i mean hyman has been a very important part of the team since he joined and or since he was his rookie year and what was it 2016 yeah and he's taken off ever since he's proven himself to be one of the best two we guys in the game but um and just relentless on the forecheck but yeah if it's a sacrifice you got to make then yeah, happens. <laughs> Talkie, oh, the business. Yeah. Oh yeah, Alex. I mean, yeah, everything that Mike said is uh, is on point, like usual. Um, but I think a lot of people have a lot. I've seen quite a few people talking about, you know, if Marner took market value, this and that, and and I don't think that changes much. No. Like, uh, let's say you what you get back an extra two, two and a half million. Like you're, you're looking at this off season and you're losing, like you, even if you lose Hyman or you keep Hyman, you still have to find a second line left wing that the team looked for, for months until they got Nick Foligno. And unfortunately that didn't work out as, as planned. They have to go out and get another goaltender because Freddie's not coming back. And I, I just, I don't, see the correlation there and I think one thing that I wish a lot of guys on this team looked at from Hyman's time in Toronto is not how he played but like how he cared 24-7 like sick anytime he was on the ice it looked like he cared and and we saw that that progression with Matthews this year and I, but I just they're not the same and, and I just I wish there were guys on this team who would take that and move forward because losing a guy like Hyman is more than just like his skill is minimal like no offense to Zach Hyman his his skill is minimal but he like it's what else he brings on the ice I wish guys on this team would take that moving forward there you're gonna tear up there Almost, almost got there. I like that. I'm having flashbacks right now because it's like, okay, around six million dollars term, guy with no skill but just a whole lot of heart. Head first into every scrum, four checks like a beast. Great teammate. It's it's he's exactly like Brandon Gallagher. Oh gosh, <laughs> I think you say Brandon Sutter. Like before I the injuries, thought, I no. thought you were going to say Milan Lucic. So or we like all face. Oh. No, I went for a good player. I didn't, okay, okay. Didn't go <laughs> yeah. for the, the twilight of Milan Lucic. No, Sorry. I was not yeah. going there. Okay. 
But again, like what I what I kind of feel with it is I love Zach Hyman. I like what he brings to the to the ice. I like the type of type of teammate he is. But the only thing is, again, what Mike said, he's twenty nine. That contract is not gonna age very well when he once he gets into his thirties and the way he plays. Like, I'm not saying it's gonna be like this. Yeah, you can't like, just keep crashing your body for that many that many years. It's kind of like no problem. It just for me, just I think about and it didn't really affect them too much. But when I think about cap hit and term i think about joffrey lupo where you know it was a similar kind of situation there where they signed him to a long-term deal knowing that there were those injury issues but he showed promise there and i know the leafs were at a different time then but it's just that kind of thing where it just did not age well at all i'm not saying he's gonna have that media hoopla like he did on instagram but like it's just something where i think with so many needs that the Leafs have and the way they are with their cap that they have to move on and address everything else like in internally. It's a big hole, man. Um, I can't even, I'm not going to ask the question. How do you, like, who do you replace it with? Because like, that's, it'd be easy if you could. Um, what did I say? <laughs> Rodion Amirov. Yeah. yeah. You would yeah. joke that he would. Nah, nah, well, that was funny. That was, that was good. You're John Tortorella. <laughs> yeah. You know, Mike, I, I was in the same camp as you is because I think any sort of actual cash, any money, he would have made that as a leaf no matter what. Uh, we've talked about that so many times. But I think the the one thing I always thought at the same time, it, it was term because it's 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 at some point with, with athletes, it's not just about the the money. It's about how many kicks at the can you get. And if you look at Zach Hyman, um, the what was it was it the mcl injury he had in the playoffs a couple of years ago yeah. um the knee injury that he got earlier this season um that's something he has to talk about in his career um like cory perry was talking about it that's an older guy and he was talking about it with christine simpson in um an in interview the other day you only get so many chances at this thing um it goes by like that careers they've talked about different players so I don't think anyone's going to jump on him. I don't think anyone's going to argue how much he's worth. Um, Cause again, comparables. Uh, I, I, sorry, I don't mean to make it about Montreal, but if you look at the, the type of players, you, they talk about Joss Anderson and, and Brendan Gallagher. The best thing that could have happened to Zach Hyman was Bergevin giving those two deals out because those are the, it, the perfect comparables for him. And every time I think we talk about contracts, it's, it's sometimes, I think people are just like, ah, some guy's worth 3.5 million. No, no. An agent doesn't go and say, I'm worth this. You get a comparable, right? Mm-hmm. I have a buddy of mine who um, he's like, he works with the Capitals, right? And he has a thing to do with Ilya Samsonov's contract. So what he gets told to do is he has to look at those RFA comparable goaltenders. So it would be like Nadelkovich in that. Um, and you know what? Again, good for Hyman, man. Like, Great guy. Children's storybooks and all that. We all love him. Um, great guy. What's the predictions you guys think he's going to? What teams? And oh, I'm- oh, Edmonton's going to overpay the crap out of him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee it. Like, I would put money on that. I'm going to say Seattle. He's going to be like their no. big free agency guy. No, I don't think they do that. I think I it's going to be Doug Hamilton. We'll get to that in a second, though. Well, let's just I'll quickly run through some teams here. Carolina, probably not. They've got – I think they need a more – See, so you know what? If they lose Dougie, yeah. I think they – I don't think they need more skill. I think they still need some offensive kick, and I feel like right. they don't have a Zach Hyman-type player. 
That's fair. That's a that's a good point. That's a good point there. All I'm saying is that Nick Alberga had the best tweet about it. What was that? that? Zach Hyman in a conditional seventh round pick for Greg McKay. <laughs> that's the tweet. I just had a thought about a team that I thought he could go to. It's escaped me though. Wait, 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 okay, wait, wait, hold on. How about this? How about this? The Rangers. I was kind of thinking about that, but no. Because yeah, because you see, you see where I would see it from is like they want to get tougher, right? But then, yeah. I, yeah, but if they get Eichel, you could probably say the money would be a bit too complicated. When? When they get Eichel? Yeah. Okay. Um, we'll <laughs> save Dougie then. I guess we can move. Actually, wait, wait, hold on. Before we do that, I almost forgot. Jason Spezza reups with the team, seven hundred and fifty k. I think we all knew it was going to happen. <laughs> that guy wears his heart on his sleeve. He got the he got the bonus. He got the pay raise. Yeah. He, he what was it before? Like flat seven hundred? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he gets an extra fifty sheets in the bank. He did it. Respects. He's only made how many millions in his career? I know. I know. Yeah. I'm searching that up right now. Actually. Okay. Good. good. I'll say eighty-eight almost, million. Let's put it over under. I think it's over ninety. So okay. if you want to make that really ninety. I forget well, those Dallas years. Yeah. Well, Alex, you're wrong. Actually, uh, it's eight. What a surprise! Eight seven million. So oh, wow, I was close. What a surprise. Um, okay. Um, so Jack Eichel. Yeah. Pierre LeBrun had his. Um, he just put this little notebook out that was just kind of the rumblings notebook. I think he called it. One of the things was it doesn't. I think I'm. I'm paraphrasing here. It doesn't matter if it's the Stanley Cup semifinals. Jack Eichel can still get traded. Talked about it seems to be things are getting really serious on the Jack Eichel trade front. Uh, some of the teams he mentioned are sort of – it's all the normal ones. It's it's Anaheim for some reason. Uh, L.A. were in there. Minnesota, we all know. But, I mean, if there's a team that's that's going to be out there and they're on the hunt, it's we've heard nothing but New York – since since last summer, remember Bob McKenzie randomly showed up, and he's like, "Yeah, but I, it's when when Bob McKenzie comes out of semi retirement in the middle of the night, it's like Eichel, the Rangers like him, and just leaves again from the cottage." <laughs> how how old is Jack Eichel? Twenty four. Perfect. He fits in Bob Murray's plans. Okay. He's between twenty three and twenty eight. That's works. true. So <laughs> he fits it in. I don't know. I'm. I, I don't know. I have this feeling that it's going to break this week or something, that something is going to happen. Do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I, wouldn't be I have a feeling. I have um the – um oh, my gosh. What's his name again? Paul Fenton. Uh, I, have a, I have a good feeling about this guy. Remember when he got Kevin Fiala? I'm surprised how often you get a mention of Paul Fenton onto this show. I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I wrote an article on him. Just like he, the things he actually did other than Victor Ask have all panned out. Speaking of that, go check out all of Daniel Seppard hockey writers. Thank you. And then read it again and again. And then go to the next article and read it again and again and again. And then maybe another time and a time after that. I think it would be very interesting if um, – I mean, you know what? Another thing I, t- I see too now with the Rangers is that they're gearing up to make a change. Unfortunately, Jimmy Dolan has waken up and decided to be a part of this team now again. And he wants to get the ball rolling. And what better way to do that, to accelerate this rebuild that he 
things isn't going fast enough, apparently, because rebuilds happen overnight now. Then bring in Chris Drury, who is a very capable, very sought after GM. Mm-hmm. Bring in arguably the best, definitely one of the best free agent coaches available. I mean, they could have Babcock, but it's okay. And yeah. is that what you want? <laughs> Another one of your teams with that coach? And, you know, they're just priming up to change that roster, change that culture of blue shirt hockey. I mean, the old regime is gone. You're going to lose a guy like probably Colin Blackwell or Kevin Rooney or something in the expansion drafts. You're not going to lose a, a big piece. Um, get like, I think this is it. I think this is, this is the time like Eichel to the Rangers, man. Eichel to the blue shirts. Mike, I was... I, I'm telling you, man, if they get him, I'm also saying this here. I am yeah. done with the Leafs. I'm done. <laughs> Sounds good. So no more watch parties. No more watch parties. Unless it's the Rangers against the Leafs. We can get the watch parties. We can get the watch parties if you get the if you buy the Madison Square Garden channel like I will. But yeah, that's not happening. I'd rather pay eight dollars a day for AHL TV. AHL TV. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I I was thinking about this uh, thinking about this today during work. And do you think James Dolan is going to push so hard for Jack Eichel because he couldn't get uh, Kyrie and KD to come to the Knicks? To compensate for that, like, you gotta think there's to compensate. How about this? Yeah. If there is the Islanders win the cup, yeah, and there isn't the trade done, yes, because like, think about it. I'm sure there's a bit of his ego that's like we stole Panarin from them. That's fair. Mm-hmm. So I I feel like if the Islanders can make a lot of noise, and he'll be like, I don't care what it takes, go get him. That's fair. Because and I, I I'm what I'm fascinated about looking at a potential Eichel trade is what the return is. Because it, I think you have to think it all depends on what the end, like what Eichel decides to do with that 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 injury. Whether it's he gets the surgery, or they go with this other whatever other professional opinion there is about the rehab or whatever. I'm not a doctor. None of us are. If I said 27 minus 17 right now, none of us would know because we're journalism students. Well, Mike's actually a doctor of hockey. So. Yes, doctorate <laughs> of hockey. <laughs> Though so, I wonder, I haven't said it here yet. I haven't said it at all in this yeah, podcast. I know that's why I'm trying to keep it going here. When earlier, when Alex was like, "So I agree, Mike's points were on." Uh, like always, I saw Mike sit up, and I'm like, "God, don't let him do it, please." Um. Anyway, though, like, but you got to think it's a healthy Jack Eichel. People would talk about the conversation of, "All right, I want Lafreniere," but you're not going to do that without knowing what his neck is. That's the thing, too. A big thing is. No one knows New York's stance on the injury, or how they would re- or how they would fix it. Whether it's letting him get that surgery or rehabbing it, because that was the biggest disconnect between well, one of the biggest disconnects between Eichel and the franchise. And I think, I mean, I saw a couple reports from a couple of places that you know are kind of just like fan sites and stuff like that that are like. I was informed that the Rangers were not likely to pursue Jack Eichel based on his neck injury. And I was like, I've I've never heard of you. So I'm going to take that with a grain of salt, but it does raise a valid point that, you know, a big thing is how would they treat it? I mean, are they going to be on the same page? They're going to bring in Jack Eichel and be like, dude, we will do everything you want, but we won't let you get your surgery. Like that's, it's a huge narrative. It's a huge and really important thing 
when considering it because like they can manip not manipulate it, but they that's definitely something that they can use in their trade talks right with buffalo yeah. oh yeah and that's huge like hey guys listen like if you're not going to trade them to us like this team here this team here this team here agrees with you on um on uh on what they want to do with his path in terms of not getting surgery and that's just going to screw you guys over so just give him to us before he doesn't get traded because you guys want max value for him and then he picks his own destination so the clock is ticking that's a really good point, Mike. That's a very, very good point that we have often forgotten to mention on the show is, is his contract stuff. Yeah, well, um, I know everything and everything about hockey. And there it is. Okay, <laughs> good. Uh, you thank threw, you for coming on, Mike. Yeah. You know now. Come on, man. You threw that to him. You just... <laughs> no, I did not. I was complimenting him. Yeah, that's that's, that's what you started <laughs> wrong. Okay. Final thing to talk about tonight. Dougie Hamilton. Apparently, he's been given permission to talk to other teams for the possibility of a sign-and-trade so we can get the eighth year on that contract. Um, there's a few things I have here. Um, as I realize that my notes have a drawing of a duck that I drew. Anyway. I like I like your artist, artistry skills. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. Um, so, because you said that, this is a side duck that I drew. <laughs> I'll That's try awesome. and find Pikachu in a second here, but as I am... Can we use that I, part of the show promotion so I could put it on Instagram? What? P- the quack one? I like that one. I don't. Like, remember we did the Kraken one? That one was great you made. Oh, yeah. I am an artiste. Um, so, one thing... Okay, wait. Hold on. Here's here's Pikachu. Guys. There he is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Looks sad. <laughs> That's because he realized... He, I'm not a good artist. Anyway... So I look at the Ducky Hamilton situation, fellas, and I think, first off, Brady Shea does not look great. Man, they could probably use that money to re-sign Dougie. I still never understood that trade with them. It was like, just like, we want him. Look they got Jake Gardner in the offseason. Like, okay, we already paid this guy this much money, and then let's, let's do it again, knowing that we have to pay Dougie Hamilton. Well, I thought they got Shea first. Was it? Was it Brady Shea? And then it's just whatever. It's like there's a defenseman we want him, but at some points it's starting to cost Carolina a bit. Now I have two teams that I'm I'm wondering if they kind of look at Dougie. Friedman has been like Friedman's had this hunch about Seattle for a couple weeks. He's mentioned on Thirty One Thoughts the podcast, the blog before. Another team which I think Alex, I think you mentioned them before. They want to shake up their defense. Who better to do that and make a crazy move like Holmgren and the Flyers? Yeah. Or are we forgetting someone? Does he end up going back because he doesn't like the offer? But like it's it's Philly, they're nuts. But in Seattle, have a clean slate. And I I just I'm curious about it. But then if like if Seattle do it, it protect. That's their. I'm wondering if there would be in a Seattle trade. Let's focus on them. If there was a Seattle Carolina thing there, that would mean that they're protected for the rest of the expansion draft. That would be a condition of that trade. Oh yeah, that's a good that that leaves them not having to expose Dougie Hamilton and let's say I think when we did that expansion draft little thing, protecting Jake Bean or someone like that, someone along those lines instead of losing him. So like like that is a possibility, and I, I don't see why he wouldn't want to go to Seattle. Like that's 
I'm I'm not comparing him to Mark Andre Fleury, but I'm saying that's a guy you can market around in Dougie Hamilton, who's in his prime to the draft and he, he's there. He has yeah, the jersey. Exactly. And he's, he's the guy. Like that's and exactly what you do. We'll get treated like a king. Do they have museums in Seattle? I, I don't know. I, I, probably. I've, I've been to Seattle a couple of times. It's not that great. No, but do they have museums specifically? I'm yes. sure they have museums. Yeah. Perfect. That's the history of the Sonics. The Perfect. Sonic Museum. That's yeah. what he yes. Likes. Yes. Here's Head one time. that I'll propose. Let's hear it. I actually have two. Well, one is tricky because if you want to trade him, well, it's hard for a team that doesn't have assets. But, I mean, look, Columbus is going to lose Seth Jones. So, if you want to make up some room there. Or Philly. Philly is still looking to make up for the fact that, as I famously called, they were going to be in shambles when they lost Matt Niskanen. Never, he'll never concede. He always remembers. He's like an elephant sometimes. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh. like, I love it's like I mentioned Philly, but he's like, okay, right. I got to mention how I was right and then mention Philly again. So he's, he's <laughs> uh, no, I, I can see Phil. Like, listen, the right side's pr- pretty important. Again, we talked about Ristolainen and like how the hell, like that. It's because he's a right handed defenseman. Columbus is like, if you're making that trade, like, why is Dougie Hamilton going to say, you know what? I'm going to sign in Columbus. Like, unless it's like we guarantee we have line A locked up and like, that's the next step. And then maybe they use some of their draft capital to make a big, but it's Columbus. I don't see them doing that. And like, like if you're Dougie, it's like, man, who cares? It's Columbus. Go to a team that's like competitive. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, the, and that guy, I think if you're Dougie Hamilton at this point in your career, this has to be the last stop. It's like the way he's been treated by so many teams is such crap. Especially Calgary. Yeah. Uh, oh. Boston. Boston. Getting traded for Zachary Sanchin. Like uh, he just wanted to go to a museum, people. The whole thing of his, like uh, the thing of his brother, like, well, the flames are always incompetent too. Like, look at them. You know, they're bad. He's gone through a really weird. Yeah. He's gone through a lot of just like, he hasn't battled injuries. He hasn't battled anything in particular he's just battled people management media and for what really so um yeah i mean you're it i don't even know how to compare it but yeah i mean you don't want to be a journeyman your entire career i mean you want to have especially like look how long it took robin leonard to finally get yes. some security. And that's if he has security because it's sustainable to have two goalies at that price tag in Vegas. But at the end of the day, these players want security. Dougie Hamilton wants security. He's had a couple years in Carolina now, but I mean, look, it's what, what's happening now. This is it. This is where he wants to lock it down. So I look back on the initial trade and I know – it helped the Hurricanes become competitive again. But I just like look back on that now where they're potentially going to lose Dougie Hamilton. And, you know, they Noah Hannafin hasn't bid what we thought he would be, but he's been, he still has room to grow. Elias Lindholm's been pretty solid. And I, I look back also and like, man, can you imagine if they had Dougie Hamilton and they kept Adam Fox? Yeah, well, he... I th- he didn't he want to stay. I know there. he wasn't. Yeah, I mean, there. talk about Elias Lindholm. Uh, Carolina needs scoring. He might be able to score, so might, might be helpful. So 
If I ask you guys right now, you have three options. He either stays in Carolina, he goes to Philly, or he goes to Seattle. Where do you think he's going to go? Mike, then Alex, then Daniel. Are we saying that he has to go somewhere? Well, Carolina, Carol, okay, what of Carolina, Philly, or Seattle? Damn it, Mike. <laughs> I literally said, or Carolina. I know, I know, I know. I was reading something. Sorry. That, that's minus one for me. Um, honestly, I think the best bet is that he stays. Okay. Really, like, I think, I don't want to say it's a game of overhyped minus uh, versus underplayed, but I think he's they've got a pretty good thing going there with him and Slavin. Like, his you know, Carolina is going to remain competitive as long as they have Rod the Bod, as long as they have that kind of roster. And it'll cripple them, I feel, if they get rid of Dougie Hamilton, who was, I mean, remember, he was a lock for the Norse before he had that terrible leg injury a year ago. Um, so I say he stays. And if he doesn't, something chaotic will happen. Like, he'll go to the Oilers. But I think I'll I'll keep him in Carolina. Fair why enough. would why would he why would he go to the Oilers when you could have Tyson Berry? What if that guy wants to move on? Fair. Um, <laughs> I I think he's I, I think he's going to go to Seattle. Just I think if I'm Seattle, if he can't work something out in Carolina, I I'm like okay, Seattle. Like why would I not go to Seattle? Like you have there's so much potential to be. If he wants to be the guy, like go, like this is this is your moment to be the guy in Seattle. There's a thing about being the guy, though. But do you want to risk being competitive? There's no way. Well, I mean, I'm. I can't really. I guess you can't really predict anymore with what Vegas did. But I really feel like what Vegas did is so unprecedented that you can't just work off that. You can't just say Seattle is going to hit the mix and be a competitor, even be a middle, middle of the pack team. So I I mean, like I get it. Like if he wants to go and be the guy, like he will be the guy. If he goes to the Seattle, it's a matter of, we don't know Dougie Hamilton. We don't know him as a person to be like, does he want to go be the guy and risk, you know, not having a competitive team and being at the bottom potentially, potentially, or does he want to keep doing what he's doing with Carolina or another team? I, the the thing with Philadelphia for me is the reason I see them more going towards Seth Jones is because they have to get rid of a contract, like one of their not great ones, uh, to 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 make a move because like Sandheim's up, Hart's up, uh, Nolan Patrick's not good. Like I, who knows? He might not even be there if they don't protect him. Like. If they want to change that team and come back next year and hopefully be competitive, how much can you give to Dougie Hamilton in free agency without trading a contract? Um, Daniel, go ahead. Where do you think he's going? Okay, so um, I have this weird scenario that's going to happen. So it's going to mention a team that you did not list. But it's going to be on our mental list. So I think he's going to – okay, so I'll see it this way. It's going to be like he knows the perfect situation for him is Carolina. It's worked so well. Like what? Like Jacob Slavin's there. Um, you know, like everything just worked out for him, and he should sign long-term there. So I feel like he's going to leverage that with Carolina. 
And then everyone's going to think he's going to go to Seattle because of this and be the guy. But then somehow, because of the way the expansion draft went and the way that they were able to get rid of cap and everything, I think he signs with Colorado. (laughs) Okay, hold hold on a minute. Whoa. With what money? Like, 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 so first off, that would mean... I have to walk there for a second, Jesus. Like, so first off, that, that means... That, and then Saad's gone, and then what they do is they let Seattle go like, yeah, you know what, take one of our defensemen. Do you have Eric like a... Johnson has to go. When you, when you edit this, Alex, do you like throw in like hot take alerts? <laughs> I don't, but I can. Colorado. You wow. think he's going to end up in Colorado? Fair? I mean, wait, so so Alex, well, who did you say? Seattle. Dan, uh, Daniel, you said Colorado. Mike, you said he stays? I say he stays put. He stay? He stay. I'll, I'll, I'll say Philly just so we can <laughs> all be decisive, decisive here and just be whatever. Um, but yeah, knowing Philly, they'll be like, ah, declining Seth Jones all of a sudden. <laughs> that was really quiet, by the way. It was legit. One year it was Norris Trophy finalist. He should be. Then it's like, he's bad. <laughs> he wants to stay in Columbus. <laughs> it's just so weird. So weird. Ah, it's just... Now you're going to tell me Patrick Laine is a, not a power forward. Oh, Daniel. Oh, please. <laughs> by the way, when are people going to start saying that Zach Hyman's going to Boston? Oh my gosh! Oh, if he goes to Boston, I'll be like, I'll be devastated. Dipping him to Boston, <laughs> like, does he get booed? Uh, no, no, I don't think there's anything he can do to get booed. So it'd and, be brutal. And I'll ask this then, always, and this time we'll go Daniel and Alex then Mike. Where does Zach Hyman end up? Toronto, Carolina, or Boston? I want to say Carolina, but I'm not going to lie. Boston always does this. Like when they get that gritty guy, they always throw term at him. So it's like, you know, I think of Matt Belaski. I think of David Backus. Oh, that's a bad one. Um, I think of Jimmy Hayes, Leafs legend. Yes. Um, and I could, I could not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past them that they'll do something that, that like that again to just keep extending the window. And then he ends up in Tampa Bay. <laughs> Alex, where does uh, Hyman it, end up? If I had to pick from those three teams, I can see Carolina going after a guy like Zach Hyman because it kind of fits exactly uh, what they need. Interesting. My they tried to do that with Ryan Dezingle, I remember. Oh, they did that, yeah. Mike, where does Zach Hyman end up? Of those, of those destinations, yeah, I could see Carolina benefiting the most. Um, Boston could pull something and it would be heartbreaking, but actually it wouldn't because I'm not a Leafs fan anymore. But um, yeah, I would say Carolina would be the best fit. I mean, anytime you have a guy like, uh, what's his face? In the playoffs, I saw Brock McGinn playing on the first line. Yes. That puck retriever to Sebastian Ajo or to Bo Teravainen. Yeah, no. Um yeah, that's where yeah, that's where Zach Hyman's specialty would be. So Carolina I'm gonna, have those options. Okay. I'm gonna go Carolina because I, I, I put the dots together so well and you're all going with it. So I when he get when he signs in Carolina, everyone needs to know that I I obviously was the source. 
Yeah, of course. Yeah, you almost know about as much about hockey as I do. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think I, I, I could have came up with that scenario as well, but I, I, think I probably would have if you didn't. You... Probably. Yeah. yeah well, I, you know. I think today's episode should be named "Non-Leafs Fan Mike." Today's episode episode should be named "Happy Birthday Kevin Francesco." Uh, um, yeah, giving out. Oh, I'm like, are you <laughs> honestly shouting people out, <laughs> random people out on the podcast? Kevin Bieksa, yes, I didn't. Re- well, I didn't know it was gonna be Kevin BX. How old is he today? 40, 40 club. Oh. So that's why Ron McLean was trying to make fun of him. Ah, because he's old. Yeah, because he's getting super up old. there. He if uh, he doesn't really look for it. No, he kind of no. does. He, he's weird. He's you told always me he looked was, like. He looks 40 when he was like 25. He's like Gordon Ramsay. It's like from age 35 to 55, he looked the same age. Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> let's, okay, let's, we don't want to make Alex sense or anything, so let's not get too deep into Gordon Ramsay because I feel like Mike and I will go back and forth for a few minutes on that. Don't get, I'm just about the eggs. That's what I got given at the pass. Who gave me the, the pre-cooked stage eggs, Jeremy? You... Anyway, um, <laughs> oh, what a what a pumpkin! Like not kilo pumpkin, like cute, but like what a actual literal pumpkin Jeremy was. Okay, with that, that's everything for today, Mike. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. We haven't had you on for a long time. Yeah, I've been busy. Yeah, he made time for us today, so we appreciate that. Um, <laughs> Even though you didn't. Even though you didn't follow the process and reach out to my uh, my agent first, but it's okay. Who's your agent? Um, Pap, uh, Pap, Pap oh. or JP Barry. As, as long as it's not that guy. On Walsh. <laughs> no, not Alan. No, he's Darren. <laughs> the other one. You know, what's, other you know one. what's really funny to think about in an all-around way? They talk about Anderson's contract. Who's his agent? Darren Ferris. Who's Hyman oh, going to use as a comparable? Darren Ferris, his client. He just ruins everything for everyone. Enjoy him. And I can't wait till Victor Mete holds out on the sentence over the summer. Never forget. Okay. With that, Mike, I hear you have a podcast. Why don't you talk about it? Yeah. You could catch us on, uh, on Spotify round table pod where I get mad and say things. Yes. I did. Great episode about the Euro yesterday. Yeah. Let's go check it out. Thanks for letting me plug. Yeah, no worries, man. Anytime. Um, check out Daniel's stuff for the IO. No, not the eye opener anymore. You can go and check out his old eye opener stuff because, of course, then go to the Hockey Writers and read every article 16 times because it's kind of like Shadow of the Colossus is each time you, you, you defeat one of the Colossus, you take another step forward to realizing that, no, because you're the bad guy in that game and Daniel's not a bad – Daniel is, like, the nicest guy I know. Like, like the rest of us are, like, we're terrible. Daniel's the best. Great. Like, Daniel's just, like – I don't know how we got Daniel into doing this show. He, he could do so much better than us. No. No, he's so humble. Uh, but check out all the stuff for the Hockey Riders. Great stuff with the Minnesota Wild. Check out my YouTube channel. Realized I'm late on doing the HFR for game one, but whatever. Uh, Alex's blog where, you know, I remember one of the first, I think it was the first thing you ever written. And it was you were making fun of the hats about Ilya Kovalchuk. Was I? Yeah, I think you joked like they should have kept Ilya Kovalchuk. And it was like, God damn it, Alex. Oh. <laughs> Ilya Kovalchuk, he's coming back. He I is, think that's everything. Um, check out everything about the show. TikTok's the thing now. That's pretty fun. Yeah. Uh, Facebook, because we always remember we have a Facebook. 
YouTube to see all our beautiful faces and just all of the collection of fandom in Mike's background of this office. And his great hair. He's got some great hair, Mike. Great hair. Mm, Big haircut. Flow. Thank yeah, you. You look good. It's fine. Um, boy said, as always, great platform for the show. We appreciate it. Beside that, we will see you Sunday. Today's Wednesday. Yeah, it is. Sunday is when who knows what's happening in the hockey world. Maybe there's a trade. Maybe there's not. Maybe some teams are eliminated. Hopefully not. Unless it's Vegas, they can go. No one likes them. Mark Stone's really good, though, and he's totally not going to be bad tonight because that's how it works. Anyway, we will see you later. <laughs>